Good evening. Um, excuse me. It's not evening. Good morning. <laughs> good morning. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. This is Arthur Pearly Martin, host of Biblical Principles for Daily Living. I'm so glad that you guys are here, that you're joining in this morning. And today, I, I'm going to ask the question. Because I got to know, I got to know, I got to know what's distracting you. What's distracting you? What's keeping you from being able to see and do what God is asking you to see and to do? What's what's distracting you? We're going to get into it in one moment here, but we're going to pray before we start. Father God, we just thank you for joining in with us. Father, you said we're two or three are gathered together in your name. There you are right in the midst of us, Father God. So we're going to glorify you. We're going to talk about you. And we're going to lift up the name of Jesus, Father God. But Father, we don't just join ourselves together so we can be knowers of your word. But Father, we come here hungering and thirsting after righteousness because we want to be doers of your word and not hearers only for you said father's the doer of the word that's blessed and not the hearers only father god so we're joining together father because we're hungry and thirsting after righteousness we're coming together father with humble hearts with surrendered hearts saying unto you lord god not our will father not our way but we want what you want we want your will we want your way father for you said he that when we lose our life we'll find it when we give up our way for your way then we'll find life by following your way father so we want your will we surrender we surrender father And we thank you for revealing to us, giving us a rhema word, Father, so we can see what you see, so we can say what you say, so we can know what you know, so we can hear what you hear. Father God, because you said those who are the sons of God are led by the spirit of God. So, Father, we are willing and obedient and we yield our members to you. For you said whoever we yield our members to, that's who we serve to. So we come before you today, Father God, with yielded hearts, with our heads bowed down with our heart, hands lifted, and our heart open to receive whatever it is you want to say to us, Father. And we will do what you say today in Jesus' name. As we acknowledge you in all our ways, Father, we know that we believe that you are directing our footsteps for the footsteps of a righteous man or woman are ordered by you. And Father, we just say, we end this prayer saying to you, Father, any way you want to use us, Lord, We will yield to you. Help us to be sensitive to you. Help us to be sensitive to your leading, Father God. Make your will clear and plain to us. For you said, seek and we shall find. Knock and the door shall be open. And if when we acknowledge you, that you would direct us. And when we ask you for wisdom, you would not rebuke us, but that you would give it to us. And so, Father God, we thank you for your wisdom. And we thank you for the Holy Spirit leading us and guiding us and directing us to this day. This day, this day, in the name of Jesus. And Father God, we rebuke the spirit of fear. Where fear does not come from you, we will yield our members to you and not the enemy, not the spirit of fear. And we will be doers of your word. We will call whoever you say call. We will pray with whoever need to be prayed for. We will give to whoever we need to give to. We will help whoever we need to help. Because that is a heart 
of your disciple, and that's the heart of a servant. In Jesus' name, Father God, we pray and we thank you for your power, for it is by not by might nor by power, but it's by your spirit, says the Lord. We thank you that it's according to your spirit. We will walk in your spirit. We will be led by your spirit, Father. Um, and we're yielded to that today, this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you all again if you're just dropping in. Again, I'm Martha Pearly Martin. Thank you for joining my podcast, Biblical uh, Principles for Daily Living. And today, I, I just, I got to know, I got to know, what's distracting you? What's keeping, what is the devil using to keep us from doing what God say do? You know, um, Jesus tells us, he said, if you continue my word, you are my disciples indeed, right? And you will know the truth and the truth will make us free. The truth is going to set us free from a lie. The truth is going to set us free from a devil's lie. I'm coming out um, of Luke 10, 39 through 40, where we're talking about how Martha was distracted with so much serving. Uh, but Mary, she sat at the, uh, the Lord's feet listening to him teach. Uh, distraction is the, is, uh, is the enemy. Excuse me. Martha was really being distracted. Martha was being distracted by the enemy. At that moment, her her service was a distraction um, because she could not see what what the best thing was. She was so busy working for God that she was not working with God. You, you see, there's a difference. I mean, the Lord taught me that as a baby Christian um, because when we're led by the Spirit of God, we're working with Him. But when we're just doing things because this is something we want to do, then we're working for him in the name of. But when we're working with God, you know, we can do a good thing and it not be a God thing. You understand what I'm saying? So whatever we do in word or deed, we're supposed to do it as unto the Lord Jesus Christ. Because our worship, our work is our worship when we're doing it as unto the Lord. You see what I'm saying? So if, if, if what Martha would have been doing, if it was as unto the Lord, in other words, if the Lord had told her to do it, it would have been worship and not just work. But because, and then she, that's why when Jesus came into the room, she could not see him because it wasn't about him. You see what I'm saying? She was so distracted. Jesus said, you're so distracted by all the details. Martha, you're so distracted by the details, by the perfection of it all, that you're so busy with the work that you don't have time for the worship. So when Jesus came into her presence, she missed him because she was so distracted by what was going on with the details. Everything had to be perfect. That's why perfection which is not possible for imperfect people to reach. That's why I said last week in a podcast that perfection is a distraction because that's not a place that we can reach in the flesh. We're not perfect as human beings. Okay. But she was so distracted. Whatever we do in word or deed, Colossians says we're supposed to do it as unto the Lord. So when I'm doing stuff, just because someone has asked me, even when people are asking you, you need to make sure because we who are the sons of God are supposed to be led by the spirit of God. I've been asked to do stuff in ministry. And I said, no. Why? Because that's not what God was telling me to do. Those who are the sons of God are led by, you have the ability, when you have the ability to be led by the spirit you won't be led astray by people, you know, by the, or by the devil or, or your, when your heart is for God, your motive is for, is for God. 
And when your heart is for God and your motive is for God, you're not, it's not, you're not going to be carried away because every time this person asks you to do something, because it's not about impressing people. It's about impressing, being pleasing unto Jesus. You see, but when we have a heart for God, we have a heart of worship. Our work is our worship. Holiness is our lifestyle, not our dress size. Our work is our worship. When we're doing it unto the Lord, whatever you do in word or deed, let's do it as unto the Lord. What's distracting you? I mean, uh, it's going to the building. Jesus said, I come for those. I didn't come for those as well, but I came for those to see. The purpose of going to the building is so we can congregate together forsake not the assembly, right? And so we can um, be taught, prepared, and equipped for the work of the ministry. But the work of the ministry is not inside the building because these people are well. Those who know Christ, they're well. They're considered well. It's the ones outside the building. But when those that come to the to the building, it's like a school to me. I see church like a school. This is the place, or a gas station, okay? This is the place where we're taught the principles of God, uh, we're trained in the principles of God. And if, if, if the church is not making disciples, because Jesus told us to make disciples and not church goers, right? So the church is not supposed to be making church goers, okay? The church is supposed to be making disciples. How many of you know that dead things don't grow? In other words, a healthy body should be giving birth to ministries. A healthy body should be giving birth to other ministries. And people shouldn't be outcast or, uh, uh, you know, uh, sabotaged and all this kind of stuff because the Lord has uh, manipulated, because the Lord has called them out. That's a good thing. That's a good thing because a healthy body is supposed to give birth to babies. You, I mean, you're in 30 years, there's no condemnation. I'm just, today, you know what? We're going to get free from, from some things. Today, the Holy Spirit is going to deliver us and set us free from some of those religious works, those, the, some of those religious uh, sayings and traditions of men and all this kind of foolishness because every joint supplies a need. The Bible says every joint supplies a need. So that means there's no little eyes or big use in the body of Christ and everybody has something that somebody needs. And, and when we're in a healthy body, that's what we're supposed to be growing to. It's not you spend 30 years in a church and, and been sitting on the pew for 30 years, have not grown, have not developed in ministry, have not. Because then what are we doing? What are we doing? If if, if uh, people aren't being saved, set free and delivered. If souls not being saved, people not being set free, delivered. People aren't, ministries aren't being birthed out of. That's not a healthy body. A healthy human body is able to give birth to babies. So you, we are responsible for our own spiritual growth. We really are because the purpose of going to church on Sunday and Wednesday and even doing stuff in the church, that's part of your spiritual growth. It's what you do outside of the building. Really, that's your works. Because if you can only, if you only bless, we can only bless those that bless us. The Bible said that even sinners do that. Even sinners do good to those that do good to them. But Luke tells us, he said to those who are willing to, who's who's willing to listen. I say, love your enemies. This means 
It's not going to be a sister or brother in the church, or it could be a sister and brother in the church. But he said, "You, we have to go. If we want God to enlarge our territory, if we want to grow, we're going to have to go. Okay. You see what I'm saying? We're going to have to grow from faith to faith and glory to glory. We're going to have to, if we want to grow spiritually, the same way we eat in the natural to grow, that's how we gain weight and all this kind of stuff because we're eating. That's the same way God wants us to grow spiritually. We should be being developed uh, in our purpose and in our calling. And and, and when we have somebody that can recognize the gift in us, you know, I see people and you can see stuff in people. You're really good at this or you're really good at that. That's, and even with your kids, when you see what your kids are really good at, this is training up your child in the way they should go, okay? When you see what your kid is good at, help them to develop in that area. And if that, you know, um, help them to go in that area. It's not about your kids being who you want them to be. It's about your children being who God purposed and created them to be. So I used to say, Lord, show me what's in my house. How can I pray if I don't know? Okay, and it's not that when they get older, they won't stray away. But I'm telling you, the gift will always be in them. You'll see gifts of administration. You'll see um, apostles that's entrepreneurs, (laughs) businessmen. You'll see that. Okay, but what I'm saying is, let's get back on the subject. What's distracting you? Are you distracted by the work? Are you so, if if your mindset is, uh, by me going, doing, I'm working in the building. And that's good because that's preparation and that's going to train. But we have to have works outside the building because that's the world that Christ has called us to go into all the world and preach the gospel. When you're standing in line at the grocery store and someone turn around and start talking to you about how bad things is, that's an open door. That's the chance. That's the world. And that you, you got the spirit of God in us. That's the opportunity. That's an open door to preach the gospel. That's an open door. And we should never leave our homes without the mindset of, Lord, lead me, guide me, and direct me to someone today. Because we can be so distracted by the details that we're so set on just jumping out of the car, running into the store, grabbing what we want, and running out, and standing in the line and complaining like everyone else. And we done missed out on the whole work of the ministry. Jesus said, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are so few. But when we go to the building, we're really focused. You know, we put on our form of godliness because this is how you act when you're in here. But I'm telling you, true holiness and true worship and having a real relationship with Jesus Christ is like the same way I treat you inside the building, inside what we call the church house, but we're the church. But the same way I treat you inside the building is the same way I got to treat you outside the building. You know, there's one thing I said, I'll never be a hypocrite. I said, I refuse to be, I refuse to tell people stuff and not do it myself. I refuse to be a hypocrite. I refuse to treat the pastor or any other man in a church building better than my husband at home. I don't care how rude or disrespectful he is. Because one thing I know is true, that when the fruit of the spirit is real, the same love you got inside, we got inside that building for those people in that house, the same way we can tell those brothers and our pastors we love them, is that if when that fruit is real, you can come home and tell that husband that's maybe, or that spouse that's maybe not so lovable that you love them too, because that's when the fruit is real. Because when the fruits of the spirit is developed in us, it becomes a part of our character. It's in us. 
the fruits of the spirit is in us because we are partakers of God's divine nature. In other words, we're fully loaded. Everything that we need is inside of us. When God created us, he put it inside of us. But it has to be developed. We have to be developed in it. Because what's in us is coming out of us. The fruits of the spirit. Because we have the Holy Spirit in us. And the Holy Spirit that's in us, because our body is the temple, the Holy Spirit that's in us has the fruits of the spirit. It's already in us. But we have to let patience work. How do you, it's not something you can't pray. The fruits of the spirit is the characteristics of Christ, the personality of Christ. So you see, you can't pray for that. You can't pray to be kind. You can't pray to be gentle. You can't pray. You're going to, we're going to have to let patience have its perfect work. And the other fruits of the spirit is going to grow out of patience. Let me show you how. So the Bible, most of the fruits of the spirit, patience is the only one I've seen that he talks about letting patience have its perfect work. Patience. Why? Because when we're patient, we, we can be kind. When we're patient, we can be loving. When we're patient, we can be gentle. So we have to let patience, the Bible say, have its perfect work so we can be mature, tired, wallowing, and like it nothing. It, babies are, immature, are impatient. So we can gauge there's no condemnation. This, this is a lesson so we can learn, so we can um, grow up and go on and do what God said do. The, the devil, there's no condemnation. What I'm saying is a baby, even in the natural, children are very impatient because that's their personality. You know, a baby, when he's hungry, he wants it right now. I don't care about nothing you got going on. I just want it right now. Kids, I want it right now. I, I don't understand waiting for payday, you know, and all this kind of stuff. I'm just saying that's the personality of a child. And spiritually, it's the same way. And when we when we don't have patience, that's a sign of immaturity. So let's quit saying things like, I don't have patience, because that's not true. Um, we're long-suffering. If we're long-suffering, we have the, the fruits of the Spirit. Is long, one of them is long-suffering, endurance, patience. Okay, so we have that in us. But every time we say, I'm not patient, guess what we do? We walk in agreement with the enemy. Because the devil wants us to, because when we're not patient, remember we did the Bible study the other day, we, we become anxious. And, and God says, be anxious for nothing. That's when we deal, and impatient people deal with a lot of anxiety. Because when, and, and really is rooted in control. Because when things aren't going my way or if it's not moving fast enough, it's all about being what I want. You see, that's why I'm not patient with you. Because I need you to hurry up and get it. That's pride. It's control. I need you to do what I want you to do and how I want you to do it. Hurry up. You're not moving fast enough. You're not even thinking about the needs of the other person. You're not thinking that the fact that everybody don't learn the same way. So we have to be patient. I always say be patient with people like God is patient with us. So I'm very patient. But the reason I'm very patient is because I had a lot of trouble. But not only that, because remember what it says, tribulations work patience. And patience produce character. So we can't pray for patience. We're going to have to let patience work. So when you go through something, look at it as an opportunity to grow. Look at it as an opportunity to develop. I'm going to sit here and I'm not going to do what I want to do. Because when we do what we want to do and not what God wants to do, we're not allowing patience to develop and to grow. Take advantage of that season. I'm going to be patient with this person. I'm not going to do it this way like I did last time. I'm going to do it different. I'm going to do it like God said to do right here. I'm saying, instead of giving a harsh word, I'm going to give a gentle word. Because the Bible says it turns away wrath. We have to practice the word of God. 
And when we submit ourselves to the word of God, that's how we submit ourselves to God. And God says that he gives grace to those that humble because in order to be in submission to anything or anyone, you have to be humble. You have, so we have to bring ourselves up under. So when we walk in agreement with God's word, we're walking in submission to God. And when we walk in submission to God, he said he gives grace. To, that's humility. So he gives grace to those that are humble, right? And um, and, he, and then after when we submit ourselves to God, in other words, when we surrender, the reason things are so hard is because we're fighting against God, right? So God is resisting you. When we fight against God, he's resisting us because he said, I resist the proud. When he's having to drag you and do all this kind of stuff, that's because we're resisting him. And that's the Bible says the way of the transgressor, that's hard. God said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So when you're feeling that, that resistance and that fighting and the heaviness, that's because we're resisting him and he's resisting us. When God is saying, all I need for you to do is surrender. Because when Jonah was resisting God, you see all the storms, we could, you know, all the trouble that came into his life. But when he got up and he said yes to God, then he allowed the, the well to spit him out. When he gave up, that's when God was able to step in. When we give up and we surrender to God, he's going to grace us. He said he'd give grace to those that are humble. He, said, he told the apostle, he said, my grace is sufficient. God's grace is enough. God's grace is enough. His grace is sufficient to help us to do whatever he's asked us to do. Whatever God has asked us to do, he will grace us and empower us to do it. Don't that just make sense? Because he already said, it's not by might nor by power in Zacharias, I believe. It's not by might nor by power, but it's by his spirit, says the Lord. It's not by might nor by power, but it's by his spirit. In other words, you're not going to have to do it. I just need to use your body. I need you to yield. Will you let me ride on you? Will you let me shepherd you? He just went and got the got the donkey for a little while. He said, I had need of it. God, God do use people. Quit saying God don't need you. He might not need you, but God used people. He used people to help other people. This is a natural physical world. And under this new covenant, God is using people to help other people. It's not that he can't rain manna down from heaven because he's God. But I'm saying he preferred to use you to go and buy a loaf of bread for somebody because that's how Christ expresses himself and his love in the earth is through other people. What's distracting you? Are you so busy by the works, by the details? I try to tell people, you know, when we're working with that spirit of perfection, it's a, it steals your time and it's a, it's a spirit of deception because there's it's no such thing. But we're so busy with the details that we lose focus of the call. And one thing I always say is I love people. I don't want to get so busy with the details. If you got somebody that can, you know, everything for me has to be easy. And the reason reason it has to be simple is because I don't want to be distracted by the details. I don't want to have to build a big, huge website. Okay, I have one. It's working for me. But if God wants to bring somebody by to add to it and do more to it, then so be it. But right now, that's that's what's working for me because I don't want to be so distracted by the details that I don't have time for the people. It's working for me. When it's time to grow and go to another level, then um, then he'll, he'll fix it to do that too. But I tell people I do very simple. 
because if it's not directly attached to the call, because there's some natural things we have to do. So I try to uh, work smarter, not harder on natural things so it won't take up so much of my time. So I can have more time to spend on spiritual things. And if you know someone, this is why every joint supplies a need. If you know someone that knows how to do what you need, then why go take a college course to learn it when somebody else can give you a quick course to teach you how to do it and you can stay focused on the people. You can stay focused on whatever the call is and not be so distracted by all the details and the outside stuff. Yes, have a general sense or idea of how to do it, but you don't have to take a whole college course that's going to take you away from your actual call. Don't spend forever building a website that, that you don't have time to do what the website is for. That's being distracted by the details. And it's that sense of uh, perfection that's driving the whole thing. Okay, so we're going to go on. Martha was so distracted by the details. She was so distracted by the work that she didn't have time for the worship because she was working for God and not with God. When we're, when we're led by the Spirit of God, He's going to lead us into whatever it is He wants us to do. If He's leading you to help someone, the Holy Spirit is going to lead you. And it's not going to be hard. And he's going to grace you. You're going to be able to do whatever it is he wants you to do over there. With that, And he's, you're going to still be able to take care of your, whatever your natural business is. That's when the grace is on you. So it's not hard. And you're not scattered and just all over the place. When God is gracing you. Grace, grace is his ability, his power to carry out the mission, the call, whatever it is. But when we're doing the work, when we're doing the work, we're exhausted, we're overwhelmed. And we're scattered because that's us doing it. And that's not us being led by the spirit. So like right now, I was just writing books. That's what he said. So I have no problem with that. Just be still and do the study guides. And whenever it's time to shift or transition, I'm going to let you know. Because I'm not trying to make anything happen. I'm not out. I'm not trying to grind I want to be led by the spirit of God because I, I, I know that when I start trying to do stuff on my own, it becomes heavy. But God said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Are, are, are we carrying God's yoke or, may, or the world's yoke or the man's yoke? Because people can put yokes on you. They can put their ideals on you. They can put their ways of doing stuff on you. And God is no bit said to do it like that in the man of mood. Don't get me wrong because God do use people. But I'm just saying, make sure that the voice, he said, my sheep know my voice. We should be able to discern to even know if the wisdom is coming from God, because there's two kinds. There's the devil, the kind that come from the world. There's the kind that come from the uh, from the word. We got devil uh, uh, wisdom. We got soulish wisdom. Who's telling you to do what you're doing? Every good and perfect gift comes from God. If we have to compromise, we have to lie, cheat, steal, kill, or compromise to get what we want, that's the Ishmael. God promised Abraham and Sarah a baby. So, but they couldn't wait on God. So they went out and did their own thing. They came up with their own thing. They came up with their own idea because that wasn't a God idea. Let's make sure that it's a God idea. And that, oh, okay, well, it don't look like it's going to work. So, oh, maybe God meant for it to go like this. This is, no, just sit and wait and be still. And whatever God told you to do, the last word he gave you, keep doing that word until he gives you another word. <laughs> Those, and that's how you can sit and rest in the peace of God. I know how to rest in God because I always, nothing before his time, Lord, and nothing before his season. 
nothing before it's time, Lord. And I know when assignment begins and he lets me know when assignment ends. Then I rest in the Lord. Right? So we have to learn how to rest in the Lord, not to become anxious. And whatever it is that he told you to do, keep doing it until he tells you to do something else. Don't get frustrated. Don't be distracted by the details. Um, whenever the Lord wants you to have something, he'll even bring people in your life to help you. Just wait on the Lord. And to wait on the Lord, that word really means to serve him. So continue to serve. Like Wait like a waiter, like a server. Those who wait on the Lord, he will renew their strength. They will mount up wings like eagles. Really, that sounds like a new beginning, right? In other words, just keep doing what you're doing until God tells you to do something different. That's waiting on the Lord. If we, we can't uh, to have to rest in the Lord, we have to be led by the spirit because anything done outside of faith is sin. So anything that's done outside of faith is unbelief. And that's why the children of Israel cannot enter in because of their unbelief. I want to know um, what is, are you distracted by the details? Are we distracted by the way the person looks? That's why we can't help them um, um, because of how they look. Are we distracted uh, by the fact that we don't want to maybe give up no money um, because we don't know what they're going to do with the money? That's none of your business. That's none of our business. Let me tell you, when I hear somebody say stuff like that, that reminds me of Judas. Remember when the Mary Magdalene, she put that expensive perfume on Jesus' feet? And John 12, 3 and 8. It says, Mary, she took a 12-ounce jar of expensive perfume made from essence of nard. And she anointed Jesus' feet with it, wiping his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with fragrance because this was like a year's worth of salary. It was very expensive perfume. Um, James 12, 3 and 8. James 12, um, 3, I'm coming from. It's James 12, 3 through 8. Okay, I'm on verse 4 now. It says, I mean, excuse me, John 12, uh, verse 3 through 8. This is where I'm coming from about when Mary, she poured the the prostitute, she put the perfume on Jesus' feet and wiped it with the hair. But Judas, Ascarius, you know, the one that, the uh, the disciple who who would soon betray Jesus, he said that that perfume was worth a year wages. He's always counting up the cost. Isn't that what the Proverbs say? As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. He's always counting up the cost. He'll say, come on and eat and eat all you want, be filled but for real, in his heart, he's always thinking about the cost. You know, don't eat the food of a miser or a stingy person. So he, here he is. He's caught up in the details. And the reason he's caught up in the details is because his motives is not right. For real, he's stingy. You know, you hear people, oh, you shouldn't have gave them that. They're going to use that for this. So they're going to use. And you know that the Lord told you to do that. It does What they do with it, that's between them and God. Because you doing that can be the thing that caused their very conviction. They know you're a Christian. They lie to you to get something. Sometimes the Lord will have you do something knowing that they're, they're going to lie. So it can bring conviction. But we're so caught up in the de- Judas was caught up in the details. Why? Because his heart wasn't right and his motive wasn't right. He didn't want that money for the poor. He wanted that money to spend it on himself. And sometimes I think there's no condemnation. There is absolutely no condemnation because today is a new day and we get to do what God say. So whatever we learn today, we get to do it. 
That's the good news. Today is, every day is a new beginning and a fresh start. So what we didn't know yesterday, there's no condemnation. Yesterday's gone anyway. But what we know today and what we learned today, we're responsible for today. So Lord, here I am. Teach me. Reveal to me. Convict me. Convince me. Because I do want to be a doer of your word. So here, here, Aunt Judas, he was distracted. His intentions and his motives weren't right. You know, the Bible said, let your yay be yay, your nay be nay, because everything else is from the evil one. In other words, I just was speaking with someone this morning, and they underbidded themselves. And they said, for real, I wanted to say this. And I said to them, well, then you should have said what you wanted to say, because um, you're not, you're not going to be satisfied with what you said, because that's not really what you meant. Because you really didn't let your yes be yes. But when we're afraid of what people are going to say, we tend to sometimes draw back and not say what God is telling us to say. Because we're thinking, oh, well, if I say this, they, they might not do it. See, the, it's always, fear always make us think the worst. Fear always make us think evil. Well, if I, if I really say what I really want, they're not going to pay me for that. See how fear works? You see? So it causes people to draw back. If I say what I really want to say, it's going to make me pull back. But let your yay be yay and your nay be nay. But everything else is from the evil one. Let your yay be yay and your nay be nay because everything else. So in other words, say what you mean and not what you don't. Have you ever said yes to someone and you really meant no? And then you wasn't a cheerful giver. And whatever it was that you was doing, whether you kept some uh, babysit or told someone they can come over for dinner or just said yes to somebody when you really meant no. Yes, I'll come give you a ride. Yes, I'll do this. And really in your heart, you meant no. But because he was afraid of the man, because that's what being afraid of men. What it means when we say afraid of men, we're afraid of their opinions. We're afraid of their thoughts. We're afraid of their judgment. What are they going to think about me? Oh, they're going to think this. Or they're going to think that that's the fear of man. So the fear of man, the Bible says, causes a snare. But we're not supposed, God did not give us a spirit of fear, a spirit of slavery. For those who are led by the are the sons of God are led by the spirit of God. There's no condemnation, but what I'm saying is we have to grow some more. Relationship, relationship, relationship. We, we don't have to obey the nature of our flesh because when we're being led uh, by the flesh, then we're men pleasers. But when we're being led by the spirit, then we're God pleasers because we're doing what God wants. There's no condemnation. It just means more time fellowshipping with the Lord, more time loving on God like God love on us, and just more time reading his word. Uh, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. More time hearing the word and acting on the word because our faith is not made complete without works. In other words, faith without works is dead. And unless we do what the word say, we're not doing anything. Our faith is in limbo. Our faith is dead. It's not going to manifest a promise. And I think a lot of times marriages are in limbo because they know what the word say, but they're not doing what the word say. Therefore, they're not receiving the manifestation of the promise and they're stuck in the place that they're in because they're not willing to do what the words say. A soft answer turns away wrath. The Bible says to walk in love, right? Jesus said to walk in love. 
So in order to receive what the God's promise, if we want change, we're going to have to do something different. It's not about trying to change the other person. It's about letting God change us. So I'm trying to stick here. What are you distracted by the details? Are you distracted? The, uh, Judas was distracted by the details because Judas, his heart motive wasn't right. He wanted to take that money and spend it on some new shoes or get him, get his hair done or get his nails done and Truly, he couldn't give it to the man that was standing in the in the middle of the street. Or truly, he couldn't go and take that extra turn to go out the way to go to McDonald's and get him something to eat. Because, I mean, he he's he can't. You know, he was so distracted by the details. He's he he's trying to get to where he's trying to get to. And and that that man that that you know the 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 man that was beaten or cast down or thrown down. We don't have time for that. Because the McDonald's is on the other side and we're so distracted by what we want that we can't see what God wants. There's no condemnation. We're just saying this so we can be more conscious because when we start dealing with the world, I'm talking about the real world. I'm not talking about people we know. I'm talking about people we don't know. When we do start really getting into the lives of people, you're going to run into some real problems, some real issues, some real life issues can't pray for somebody that's hungry and say go be filled no you're really gonna have to um go to that mcdonald's that's that's gonna take you out of your way to go get them something to eat because it's not about your business it's about the father's business and whatever we those who are the sons of god are led by the spirit of god a lot of times we pretend like we don't see them or we take on that judas attitude and say oh they just gonna use it for this but sometimes no the lord will actually have you to give people money he will actually, sometimes we use that for an excuse not to give. And whatever they do with it, that's between them and God. Sometimes he'll have you to give and sometimes he'll say, no, go buy the food. But I, I've done it both ways. Sometimes I've given money and sometimes he's had me to go buy the food and bring it right back to him. I did it the other day at Walmart. Me and my husband was driving past up. This guy was going real fast, but I got it. The Lord made sure I saw that sign. He said, veteran need food, whatever. I went inside of Walmart. I was going to get something else, but I wasn't distracted by the details. I understood that my purpose, really my purpose, I'm thinking I'm just going for a clothes rack, but for real, it was so I could see him. The, you know, the, the man that was, you, you remember the story of the Samaritan? We finna get in that in a minute. But the, he, that was my neighbor. That was my neighbor. We thinking our neighbor is the people that live next door to us. But people who, who come into our influence, that's our neighbor. When you meet somebody at the grocery store and they're in your sphere of influence, that's your neighbor. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that's why sometimes the Lord had you buy somebody's grocery. Why? Because that's your neighbor. You're loving your neighbor as you love yourself. And your neighbor is not someone you know. And I don't, <laughs> we got to come out of this. My four and no more. No, God can't enlarge our territory. If we're not willing to go outside the box and meet people we don't know. I'm not talking about other church believers, okay? Because even the world can do that, right? The Bible say, um, he said, if we, Luke 6, 32, NLT. He said, I'm going to start from 27, Luke 6, 27 to 35. He said, but to you who are willing to listen, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. 
Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. If someone slaps you on the cheek, offer the other cheek also. If someone demands your coat, offer your shirt also. Give to anyone who acts. And when things are taken away from you, don't try to get them back. Do to others as you would like them to do to you. Mm. He said, this is, this is, I use this scripture when I tell people, this is how you forgive. You forgive people by treating them opposite to how they treat you. Because you have to walk, you have you can, it's not possible to do any of this stuff without love and forgiveness. First thing he starts off saying, you need to love your enemies. And then he goes on from there. Why? Because without love, we can't do any of these things. We can't be good to those who hate us. We can't bless those who curse us. Without forgiveness, you can't have Because forgiveness causes bitterness. And so the reason it's so hard to do what God say do sometimes is because, to certain people, it's because of the unforgiveness. But God says, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. And the devil got you thinking that your spouse is your enemy. No, but the devil is your enemy. And you know what? When we understand the fight, Ephesians 6 and 12, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers. And when we get a revelation of the fight, that's a good scripture just to meditate on. Stop for a minute. Ephesians 6 and 12, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, and rules of darkness. He's saying your fight, our fight is not against that flesh and blood person. My husband, my children, or whoever, whatever, that, that receptionist that I don't know or whatever, that's not who my fight is with. It's the devil behind the scenes instigating the whole entire thing. He's whispering into the ears of these people and they're saying what he's saying. And I don't know about you, but when I wasn't a believer, I didn't know anything about the devil. I didn't know he even exists, okay? So... Um, I didn't, I, when we're being used by the devil and we don't know anything, we don't know we're even being used by the devil. We're thinking this is my part. Oh, this is just how I am. No, my friend, the Bible says that, our, you know, when we're not, uh, when we use our natural mind to those who are dominated by the sinful nature, Romans eight and five says those who are dominated by the sinful nature, think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So if if I'm acting negative, it's because I'm thinking negative. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature, by the devil, or influenced by, you know, the economic nature, they think about sinful things. Those who are dominated by the world, those who aren't born again, they're dominated by sinful, uh, sinful things. They're dominated by the sinful nature. And they think about their mind. He said they think about sinful things in LT version. Romans 8 and 5. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit, they think about things that please the Spirit. So what, what, what what's our mindset here? Are we carnal minded or are we spiritual minded? Because the carnal minded man, he's just sent one. He's distracted by the details. I know I've done it. Jumped out of the car, ran into the store, got, didn't see not one person. Because I'm so distracted and set on going in there getting what I want. You know? Just, God don't want us to be like that. Because the world is the harvest. That's a harvest. If you Get you some cards and put something on there. Uh, hey, my name is so-and-so. You know, I want to invite you to my Facebook page. Put your Facebook information on there. Because I know people are really busy and, and they're not really wanting to touch and do all this kind of foolishness. But what I'm saying, have get you a card or something and hand it to them. Hi, my name is Sosa. I want to give you my card. Let that be your business card. You, how many of you know Jesus wants to meet people? 
And the way he's going to meet people, because we're called as ambassadors and ministers of reconciliation. And the way he's going to meet people is through us. So make you, make you some cards. That we must be about our father's business. Make you some business cards for the father. Hi, my name is so-and-so. Um, connect with me on Facebook. Connect with me on Instagram. You know, whatever. Make you some, I'm going to do that. I'm going to make me some business cards. Those are, I have some business cards for my outreach or whatever, but I'm going to make some business cards, some introduction business cards, because I'm going to introduce myself. Don't have time. A lot of people don't have time just to stand there and talk like that. But hey, give them that card. Um, Give me, give them that card. Hey, my name is so-and-so. My name is so-and-so. You know how you pass out your business cards? Pass out an introduction card with your information. But it says, those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So we should be thinking about things that please the Spirit. So letting, uh, so let your, let your sinful nature control your mind. Letting your sinful, letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. In other words, being led by the spirit of the world is going to lead to death. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the spirit controls your mind leads to life and peace. In other words, when we're thinking on spiritual things, when we're carnal minded, that's going to lead to death because we're thinking about worldly things. We're not, we don't have the mind of Christ. So we're not thinking about Lord, when I go on Walmart today, who can I meet? Who can I introduce to you? It's not about the building. See, we're, we got to let go of that tradition because Jesus went everywhere. He didn't just minister or witness in the, the temple. Okay. He went out in the, the mountains and the valleys and wherever he was, the people came. He went to where the people were. We got to get out of this traditional mindset because that's a, that's a religious mindset. Well, I did my duty for today. And some of us are so busy and distracted with the work and the details. We don't have time for the people. We got to take time out to actually do for people. And I'm not just talking about people that we know. I'm not talking about those as well. When is the last time we met, we met somebody that we don't know and we, you know, we spent time with somebody we don't know. We have to be about the father's business. Our, our inner circle, it shouldn't just be going with more sisters. We need that. But Jesus said, I came for those that are sick. So we need to have, the, we should have our mind, our, our mind, we should, our spirit, we should be thinking on things that please the spirit, things that please the Lord. Lord, how can I please you? What can I do? I know that you're into people. Uh, Jesus Christ is the greatest customer service rep in the world. We have to be about our father's business. So ask the Lord, say, Holy Spirit, how can I be, Father, how can I be about your business today? Introduce yourself to someone. Make you some business cards. I'm going to do that. I'm going to make some introduction business cards. I like to connect with people. When I meet people and I know things, um, what are you on Facebook? Yeah, what's your Facebook thing? Send me a friend request. Why? Because it's a lot of, sometimes it's in passing. But or, can I have your phone number? You know, and I'll send them stuff. I'll send them stuff. If the Lord put it on me, I'll call them. You know, we have to meet people, not not just the ones we know. He said, but those who, um, but for the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of the sinful nature can never please God. Because uh, we got to be led by the spirit. But, but um, Romans 8 and 9, but you are not controlled by your sinful nature. 
This is to the believers. You are controlled by the spirit if you have the spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have the spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to him at all. So um, we're not all God's children. We're all God's creation. Those who have not the spirit of God are none of his. Romans 8 and 9. Go in and read that Romans 8. And Christ, uh, those who are not the spirit of God, Christ living in him, but none of him. Verse 10, and Christ lives within you. So even though your body would be dead because of sin, the spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. Okay. So those who have not the spirit of God are none of his, but Christ wants to meet people. And we're as ambassadors and ministers of reconciliation. The, what God has done for us, that is the thing that compels us. The Apostle Paul says it's the love of God that compels me to want to go and tell others. And when we have the love of God in our hearts and we have a revelation of Jesus Christ, we need a revelation of hell too. Because I think some of us forget and we just assume that everybody that dies is going to heaven. And this is not true. We need to make sure that people know Jesus Christ or at least know about him. So now, um, so you have not received the spirit that makes you fearful. Okay. So 814, for all who are led by the spirit of God are children of God. Verse 15, Romans 8, 15. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you. See, he adopted us. He adopted us as his own children. We have been adopted by God because we was born in the sin. That's why we had to be born again. Now we call him Abba Father. For his spirit drawn with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And now that King James said, his spirit bears witness with our spirit to let us know that we're children of God. And so we call him Abba Father. Right? But God wants us not to be distracted by the details. Those who are the sons of God are led by the spirit. We can't. We have the ability to be led by the spirit of God. Right? But if you only love, listen... If we only love Luke 6.32, Luke 6.32 NLT says, if you love only those who love you, why should you get credit for that? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good only to those who do good to you, why should you get credit? Even sinners do that much. And if you lend money only to those who repay you, why should you get credit? Even sinners lend to other sinners for full payment. And verse 35, Romans, uh, Luke 6. 35 says, love your enemies, do good to them, lend to them without expecting to be repaid. Then your reward from heaven will be very great and you will truly be acting as children of the most high. For he is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. God is kind to that unthankful, ungrateful, wicked person. That's, it's the goodness of God. Remember, it's the goodness of God that draws people to repentance. I'm getting ready to have to end it here. But we have to love our enemies, do good to them, lend to them, expecting without repay. And let's not take on that Judas spirit. Oh, they're going to take it and do it like this. If you know in your heart, God is telling you to do it. Do what he say, do. Because whatever that, that thing, that gift could bring repentance. That gift can bring conviction. Right? So um, your gift will make room for you. And I'm not just talking about in the church building. But when you give a gift to somebody, that gives you the opportunity to say something to somebody. God bless you. Give them a track. Do something. But that, that opens the door for you to be able to, if you minister to the need of a person, you can minister to the person. I'm getting ready to end it here. I didn't get to get to say everything I wanted to say. I wanted to talk about the Good Samaritan, about when um, Jesus was saying to them, 
A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by a robber. And they stripped him of all his clothes. They beat him uh, and went their way, leaving him half dead. We just experienced this um, right now. We're in the middle of this. Uh, this happened to a person. A priest happened to be going down the same road. Are you being distracted by the details? A priest happened to be going down the same road. And when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side, pretend like he didn't see. Ain't that what we do? We be seeing them people and we pretend like we don't see them. You know, Father, forgive us because we, we forgive us, Father, because today is a new day. There's no condemnation. Okay. And so, um, a priest happened to be going down the road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. He saw him. He went on the other side. He didn't want to be bothered. So to a Levite, when he came um, to the place and saw him, he passed by on the other side also, pretending like they didn't see him. How many people passed it? He said, but a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was. He didn't pretend like he didn't see him because he wasn't being distracted by the details. He wasn't so busy trying to get to the church. He wasn't so busy trying to get to the job. He wasn't so busy trying to get his nails done. There's no condemnation. I'm just bringing this to where we are. To say, are we so distracted by the details that we don't have time to minister to the people of of the God who we say we serve and worship? Our work is our worship when our deeds is being done unto the Lord. Because when we do stuff unto the Lord, he gets glory for it. Okay, then um, he went, but the Samaritan, he didn't. He wasn't distracted by the details. As he traveled, he came where the man was. And when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey. He put the man in his own car. He put the man in his car. You say, well, you can't. If you're led by the spirit, you can, because the Holy Spirit will let you know what you can and can't do. That's the, he will let you to discern. When we begin to do what God say do, the gifts will begin to operate because the purpose of the gifts is for ministry. It's not just so we can sit home and say, well, I'm gifted. And how many of you know we can't be led? We're not moving. There's no condemnation. Today we know better. Excuse me. So today we're going to do better. Right? There's no condemnation. How many of you know there's no condemnation? Stay right here. Don't go nowhere. We finna end it here because I'm almost out of time. Okay? Stay right here. Don't go nowhere. So so the Samaritan... He took, he took time out to take care of the man. He put him on his own donkey. He put him in his own car. I'm just trying to bring it to where we are now. He brought him to an inn. He took him to a hotel and he took care of him, right? The next day he took, he took out some money. And I'm telling you, this happened. This church took this uh, lady that was beaten and everything. And they paid for her to go into a hotel and they took out money and they gave her something to eat. I mean, I was sitting here and I was seeing Jesus with my own eyes. And he gave them to the, and he, uh, he gave, he gave them, they, he, they paid for the person's hotel room. They do, they did this. I mean, this exact parable. Look after him, they said. They gave me the money to help take care of them. Look after him. And then he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expenses you may have had. And that's what they do. If I spend my money, they reimburse me. I, I mean, these are pastors. They're, they pastor people. And when we have a heart of Jesus, that's what we do. The, the Holy Spirit, he will lead and guide you. And God did not give us a spirit of fear. You said, well, you can't let people in your car. You can if the Holy Spirit say so. Because those who, are, God did not give you a spirit of fear. Oh, you need to be careful. You need to do this. I'm finna end here. I'm running out of time. There's no condemnation. Today, we're going to let God use us. And I'm getting ready to end here because I'm running out of time. 
But our our neighbor are those people standing on the street corners. Our neighbors are those people at the gas station. Our neighbors are anybody that come into our influence. I'm ending it here. Father God, use us for your glory. We yield our members. Father God, we thank you for teaching us who our neighbors are and for teaching us how to serve our neighbors. And we will be willing and obedient. Um, we will do what you say. Say what you say. In Jesus' name, you guys, uh, follow me on Spotify. Um, share this message. And I'm getting ready to end here. Again, this is Pearly Martin um, with Biblical Principles for Daily Living. You guys follow me on Facebook at Reptime Martin, Instagram. Um, and I'm ending it here. Be blessed. Be encouraged. Keep looking for the good in your day so you can see God's goodness all in your day. There's no condemnation because today is a new day and we get to do what God says to. God bless you all.